Our Father, this morning, we just want to thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you praise for who you are and what you have been with us. Thank you for your shield of protection that has been over us. We exalt your holy name. Your word declares that he that keeps Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. And we are rest assured in this word that you are keeping us, you are preserving us, you are providing for us, you are helping us. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, our hearts will not fail. And we will not fear. For your word declares, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Father, we rest this morning in the fact that you are our shepherd. You care for us. You uphold us with your right hand of righteousness. You fight for us. You lead us into green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. We give you praise and we exalt you because we can be confident this morning that he who began a good work in us is able to bring it to fruition. Therefore, Father, we have, our hearts are not failing us and we bless you. We give you praise. We exalt you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus. Good morning, everybody. I just want to appreciate everyone that's joining us this Sunday morning. Uh, uh, by Christian tradition, we know this Sunday to be Palm Sunday. And we just want to thank you for uh, spending your Sunday with us and for uh, joining us on all of our platforms. We, give you, we, we just want to thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, coming indeed. Uh, this morning, before I start sharing, I just have one instruction I need to give you. And that is that um, uh, if you look at my hand, I have my communion ambulance. And I know we sent out a message to everyone that you know, we're breaking bread this morning. And I want you to get ready, uh, get your communion ambulance ready, because at the end of uh, the ministry of reward this morning, we will uh, begin to uh, share communion. Uh, without further ado, this morning I want to share uh, something on a topic I call when life does not make sense. And what happens when life does not make sense? There are things uh, that can happen. There are things that we need to do to adjust uh, our life and make life make sense and make life make meaning to us. Um, on what by Christian tradition is called the Palm Sunday was the Sunday that Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem. And as he rode into Jerusalem, that's from uh, Mark 11, from verse 1 to 11, you'll find it there where he rode into Jerusalem. And on getting into the city of Jerusalem, all kinds of things happened. He was, um, he was, he was, he was praised. He was, he was, um, he was honored. Everything happened that was looking good for Jesus. But as we end up with the story, when we look at the story and look at how everything happened within uh, uh, the context of that Sunday, you will understand with me that that Sunday precipitated all the actions that make life look like contrary. At the end of the day, it culminated into his crucifixion. So on Sunday, he rode into Jerusalem. On Friday, he was killed. And what I wanted to know about the story is that we're going to be bringing out some points here to uh, buttress what our title is. 
Now, Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Or, um, uh, did he roll into Jerusalem? He rode into Jerusalem, I mean to say. And as he rode into Jerusalem, triumphantly, on, a, on the back of a donkey, people hailed him as the king of the Jews. People uh, threw their garments down, they threw gallants down, they threw everything down. They called him all kinds of names. Hosanna, glory to the Lord in the highest. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And all those kind of things happen. And if you look at the story continually, you'll find out that it was through that that he went to the temple to clear out all uh, uh, the, the money changers because he said, my house shall be a house of prayer. But before we knew it, by the time Thursday was coming and Friday was rolling in, life completely had no meaning because it was completely different from what life was on that Sunday morning. All right? So um, life went from a triumphant entry to a disgraceful death. No sense. For him, life, life went from being the king of the Jews to a common criminal on the cross. For him, he rode on the back of a donkey on Sunday. Life went from rolling on the back of a donkey on a Sunday to the cross riding on his back on Friday. For Jesus, life went from Hosanna to the king. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. To one that was crucified as a common criminal. Life went from gallants being thrown around him and before him to him wearing a crown of thorns. In other words, life started well on Sunday, but by the time Friday rolled by, life had taken a completely different thing that he did not understand. And it wasn't only Jesus that did not understand it. His disciples did not understand it also. People did not understand it. Even the world did not understand it. The Bible told us that even the devil did not understand it. He said, because for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So what I'm saying is that life went from something that was full of promise, that was full of, uh, that was full of grace, that was full of uh, a triumphant victory, to something completely that no one understood. And I want us to pick some lessons from Jesus Christ because there's a parallel in our day today of what happened to Jesus Christ. Because right now as we speak, right now as, we, as, 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 we, as we're talking and ministering, right now as you're sitting down in your living room and listening to me, or wherever it is you're listening to, I know that if you have been alive in the past few weeks, even in the last 24 hours, life has been completely turned on its head over. We don't understand what is going on. We don't know what is going on. We cannot place it. We cannot understand it. We don't know what is happening. We don't know what our future lies, where our future lies. Some of us, we have jobs. When all this locking started, now we are not too sure if we go back, we're going to get our jobs back. There are students who were ready to graduate. Oh, let me go before graduation. There are students who wanted their prom. It's a, uh, it's a rite of passage for them. 
They have looked for it. They wanted it. They liked it. They were hoping for it. And now it looks like all that promise is not going to happen. Life is currently making no sense. There are some students who are looking forward to graduation from high school, from college. There are families who have spent money and done all that to make preparations for all these things. But now life is turned around in a way that we don't understand it anymore. And so there's disappointment in those places. There are people who were healthy two, three months ago, and it's like nothing is going to happen to them. Now they have been infected by this virus. Life does not make sense anymore. And I want you to know that when life does not make sense, it is time for us to turn to somebody who can help us make sense of everything that we desire. Because in the midst of this chaos and things that are not working, in the midst of things that we don't understand, we still have a God who can help us and make us fruitful even when the situations don't permit, even when the situations are not favorable. So I want you this morning to understand that though life does not make sense now, but God makes sense. And it is God that can help us navigate this road, this place that we don't know, this place that we don't understand. It is only God that can help us to navigate it and navigate it well. What am I saying? That even when life does not make sense, your life can still be fruitful. Yes. You can still be productive. You can still live your life within the context of all that God has made available for us. Because I want to tell you, right now, life does not make sense, but God has not gone on vacation. God is still alive. God is still alive. He is available for us. And until we, 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 we submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves to God, it's going to be difficult for us to make a headway because everything as we know it is not the same anymore. Yes, now, I, you know, I, 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 I let me, uh, let, let me look at something. Can we learn a lesson from Jesus on what to do when life makes no sense? We absolutely can. We absolutely can. We absolutely can. We can make life, we can learn something from the life of Jesus when things don't make sense. When life does not make sense, we can learn things from Jesus. And I'll bring out some points uh, in what Jesus did and how he was able to cope with life when it made uh, uh, no sense. But I, I want you to know, I want you to know, I'm not making light of what is going on. I want you to understand that, yes, when life makes no sense, right, it leads to uncertainties. When life makes no sense, it leads to a loss of control. When life makes no sense, there's vacuum that we need to fill. All right? Uh, there's something I call, you know, and the reason why life does not make sense, because this is not the only time we're going to get to a situation where our lives are not going to make sense. There will always be. Now, this one is major because it rolled on us all of a sudden. But from time to time, from season to season, collectively and personally, we're going to roll on times when life will not make any sense. 
all right? And the reason why this is, let me just quickly say this before I go on to, uh, to, to, to talk about what we can learn from the life of Jesus. The reason why this is, is what I call a gap of knowledge, right? And the gap of knowledge means, simply means, the gap of knowledge simply means that we don't know everything. The reason why this thing does not make sense to us now, why the shutting, why our lockdown, whatever you want to call it, the reason why it is not making sense is because we don't know anything. We don't, I mean, we don't know everything. In fact, the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 tells us that we know in part. In other words, you can never come to a point where you will know everything. The only one that is all-knowing is God himself. And that is why you always need to tag on with God. And he that knows everything will help you through his grace and mercy to navigate life, even when you don't have a complete understanding of what is going on around you. Human beings generally, by our orientation, by the way we look at things, by the way we have been built, you know, we, 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 we don't like uncertainties. The way we are, a lot of times we pretend to be in control. We want to be in control. Yeah. And for the most part of our lives, we pretend to be in control. We like it. But Corona has, has exposed the fact that we cannot pretend. We really don't have control of our life 100% like we think. But in our own self, in our own mind and in our own psyche, we always want to believe that we're in control. Yeah. Human beings are not built to accommodate vacuum, yeah. right? And that is why we always add to things that we don't know to make it make sense. For instance, if you are, if you, if you, if you are into social media and all of those kind of things, or you are into the news, there are all kinds of things going on. People are explaining what this corona is. They are telling you all kinds of things. You know why? Because they want to make sense out of it. Yeah. And because life does not make sense, they want to force sense into it. Now you have rumor going on. You have untruths going on. Yeah. You have fear being peddled. Yeah. You have all kinds of things going on. Uh, uh, people say, this is the end of the world. This is the end of humanity. This is, you know, all kinds of things are just going on there. All right? But when life does not make sense, it's not the time for you to expose your mind and to expose yourself to all kinds of sources of information. It is time to camp in with him who knows everything and can lead you to the paths of, in the paths of righteousness. So what are the things we can learn from, from the life of Jesus? What are the things we can learn from, uh, from the life of Jesus? Um, number one. When life does not make sense in times like this, we need our sailor moments. You need your sailor moment, a sailor moment or a series of sailor moments. Can you, let's open to Matthew, Matthew 26, verse 39, and I want to read something from Matthew 26, 39. We need a Selah moment. We need, and what, what do I mean by Selah moment? Uh, the word Selah appeared in scriptures 74 times. It appeared 71 times in the Psalms. In 40 chapters of the Psalms, the word Selah appeared 71 times. 
And in 39, in, in, in about 30 of those uh, uh, chapters, we have uh, Selah related to music. It's like an interlude. It's like a pause. It's like a, um, a, a refrain. When, 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 you know, for those of us who, or those of you who understand music, it's like a refrain. It's like a step back, all right? You take a step back and go ahead. But in, in, in natural way, in natural terms, in the, the real meaning of Selah is you actually taking a moment away to reflect. We need our Selah moment. And how did Jesus, how, how, how did I arrive at this? Matthew uh, 26, verse 39. Look at what he said. Now, I want you to know that this chapter 26 is where it is beginning to lead, where he has been betrayed. You know, from there you start looking at where uh, uh, Judas had betrayed him and all that stuff of things going on. All right? So, look at what he said. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Let's go, 40. And he came unto the disciples. Okay. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could, you, what could you not watch with me for one hour, for the one? Watch and pray. Look at that. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Go again, number 42. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed. Now, I want you to look at that word. He went away. He went away. Very, very important. Now, if you, if you understand that week of his passion, the week of his passion, he was surrounded by people. People were around him. People were talking to him. They were hailing him as the king of the Jews. From there, he went into the temple. He drove people out. He went around. Even when he was uh, uh, about to be betrayed, there were people there when he was betrayed. But look at what Jesus did. Jesus went away from the multitude. At one point, took his disciples and went with them. At one point, extracted three of his disciples, went further with them. But at the time of his passion, yes. he separated himself. Yes. He had a Selah moment from people. And I'm saying that if we are going to understand what is going on, if we are going to be able to cope and handle what we are doing now, we have to have a time of separation. We are doing it in our assembly, collectively. But in addition to that collective time of coming together to pray, we need time alone to be able to find or understand what the mind of God is. You are not going to understand the mind of God with all the noise that is going on. The only time you can understand the mind of God like Jesus Christ, you have to be able to separate yourself. Separate yourself from the multitude. Separate yourself from the few. Separate yourself from all and spend time with God. And apart from spending time with God, be, you know, evaluate yourself. Think about yourself. God has given us a momentous opportunity to be able to find out where we are. The Bible enjoins us, it says, examine yourself. It is in our Selah moments that we can examine ourselves. Yes. We can look at ourselves. 
and tell ourselves the truth and say, God, I want to be here with you, but here is where I am right now. I need you to help me to get to where I need to get to. It is during those Selah moments that we discover God personally. We discover him privately. God moves from being generic to being customized. In other words, what am I saying? When we are all together and we are talking, we know God collectively. But when you are by yourself, you know God personally. He moves from being generic to being customized. That's why you know those that do know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Look at what, what, what uh, uh, this thing said. Uh, look, at, look at one scripture. David, look at what he said. He said, be still and know that I am God. It is in that place of stillness. It is in that place of quietness that you will know. He said, be still and know that I am God. Amen. You have to take that time out or a series of times and moments to be alone and reflect. You have to take that time out to be alone and pray. You have to take that time out to be alone and study. That is so, so, so important. And a lot of times we have not done it well, and that's why we have all the time to be transferring information that are causing fear, that are creating panic, that don't edify anybody. Instead, they bring people down. And as if people don't have enough to worry about, you add continually to everything that people have done. Time out this morning. We need to be able to take a break and begin to sit down with our hearts and our minds connected to the God who knows everything so that he can lead us to where he wants to uh, uh, lead, us, lead us to. All right? Um, Okay, the next point that we see with Jesus, I want you to, I want you to uh, look at that scripture again. Let's go back to uh, Matthew 26 from verse 39. I want us to see something, especially, you know, in that Matthew 26, 29. So we say the first lesson we learned from Jesus is that he created a Selah moment, right? He was alone by himself. And then the next point I want you to know from Matthew 26, 29, the very next point I want you to know is when life does not make sense, you need an anchor. When life does not make sense, you need an anchor. Look at what Jesus said. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, look at, I want it. This is what I really want you to look at. Look at what I really want you to look at. Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But look at the way he put the anchor. Look at how he anchored it. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, when life did not make sense to Jesus, what did he do? He anchored his will on the will of God. We need an anchor. You need something that will stabilize you. Everything that we are doing today does not look like we are stabilized. We are approaching it wrongly. The Bible says in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 
um, Hebrews 6, verse 19. He said, we have an anchor for us. Even God knows that we need an anchor for our soul. The Bible talks about the hope of the oath of God, the hope, I mean, the oath that God has taken and his promises have created a hope that has become an anchor for us. I want to tell you something. That when life does not make sense, the promises of God, the oath of God still makes sense because they remain. Therefore, when life does not make sense, we can anchor our life. We can anchor our mind. We can anchor our thoughts. We can anchor our feelings. We can anchor our emotions on the hope and the promises of God. What is an anchor? If you're into all these marine things, you understand what an anchor is. An anchor stands like a stabilizer. It's like, it's like some kind of, um, uh, uh, how do I explain it now? It's, it's, it's some, kind of, some kind of device that is used to uh, hold the ship in place so that the, the uh, uh, this waves and the storms and all of that will not be able to move the ship from where it was positioned or where it is positioned. And if you're on high sea, they have these anchors. If you're on high sea and there's, you know, boisterous wind and all of that, and you want to stabilize the ship, you throw the anchor out. There's, there's also an anchor that holds the ship to give it balance, to give it, uh, to, to, to give it a background or a base or a foundation. And I want you to know that the promises of God and the oaths that he has made should be our anchor. You need to go to the promises of God every day. The Bible tells us completely. He said, for the promises of God, they are yea and they are amen. In other words, they don't change. God is not the man that he will lie. He is not the son of man that he will repent. If he has said it, he will do it. If you have spoken it, he will make it good. Anchors bring stability and steadfastness that you need to help your mind to be stabilized, to help your emotions to be stabilized. With the anchor, when you believe in the promise of God, you take the promise of God, guess what happens? You are beginning to anchor yourself to the mind of Christ. Because like never before in life, we need the mind of Christ. We need the mind of Christ. And we need to anchor ourselves on that mind of Christ. Look at what he said. In Isaiah uh, 26 verse 3, he said, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him or whose mind is anchored on him. He will keep in perfect peace. Is your mind anchored on him today? Are you anchored on Jesus? Because if you don't, if you don't, if you, if you don't anchor your mind on Jesus Christ, you'll be like what Paul is saying. He said that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We have been tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. People who are not even qualified have made themselves prophet these days. And I don't mean it as a slight. Some people don't even qualify to lead a Sunday school. And yet they have, because they have the, you know, the, the platform, they just say all kinds of things. And people are just so afraid. But I want to tell you this morning that we need to return to that anchor 
that stabilizes us in the times when life don't make sense. When life don't make sense, you don't need to be confused. You don't need to be running helter-skelter because already it makes no sense. When life makes no sense, you need something that will stabilize you, that will keep you going, so that when the storms are calm, and when the billows have rolled over, guess what? You are still available, and you are present with the mind of Christ to know which way to go. Amen. I have one more, but we'll take that on, on, on Wednesday. We'll deal with that on Wednesday. And, um, but I just want you to know that this morning, this morning, if you have not known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not received him, if you have never received him, well, there's no better opportunity than, that you have than now to receive Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to, to accept his grace and receive his grace and begin to walk in the reality of his grace of what he, and those things that he has made available for you. And I want you to know this morning that God made a sacrifice for you. And in times like this, when, 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 when life does not make sense, and I'm telling you that life does not make sense, it is not discriminatory. Whether you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, you're whatever, right? This season does not exempt you. But you can come to a place where you know that you can find a God who will lead you in the paths of righteousness. So if you are that person, I just want you to just uh, uh, pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just uh, thank you. And I come to you just as I am. You said, who, who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes. This morning, I call upon the name of Jesus. I declare I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I've been born anew. And now my life will never remain the same again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you are that person and you have... And, this, and you have made this confession with me, you have spoken this word with me, I need you to, uh, you can get in touch with us. Our addresses should be there on, on, on the screen. Or get yourself attached to somebody who can help you and lead you into the things that uh, God has prepared for those that love him. Because right now, you have become a lover of God. God bless you.